0: Welcome to Digital Health Talks. Each week, we meet with the healthcare leaders making a measurable difference in equity, access, and quality. Hear about what tech is worth investing in and what isn't as we focus on the innovations that deliver. Join me, Megan Antonelli, and my friend, Shahid Shah, for our weekly No BS Deep Dives into what's really making an impact in healthcare. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We're at Health Impact. I'm here for our Digital Health Talks segment, Five Good Things. Megan Antonelli, and I'm here with Janae Sharp.
1: Hi, Janae. Hello. I'm thrilled to talk about five good things in healthcare.
0: When did we do our last one? It was a while ago. I don't know, but there are always a lot of good things. Are we going to have our New Year's resolution to be do a five good things every month in 2024?
1: Yes. So this yeah. will be a new segment for our virtual sessions. You'll be able to come hear more about our five good things. You can also see that on the Health Impact Digital Health Talks podcast. And we're also part of several podcast networks and really looking forward to celebrating the good news in healthcare. So I'm excited to start today. I'm Janae Sharp, the founder of Sharp Index, also a good friend of health impact. I am going to start with something that Aaron Broadwin from Axios announced and reported on, and that was a raise, a fundraising news from Rune Labs. And they're a precision neurology software data company and raised $12 million. So that means the company has raised over $42 million. And that was led by Nexus Neurotech Ventures and other investors, such as Eclipse, Digit Tech's partners, Moment Ventures, and True Venturo. They are software for Parkinson's patients and clinicians. So they're going to build out some of those strategic partners with artificial intelligence and with other machine learning so that they can have more insights for Parkinson's.
0: Unfortunately, so
1: kinda...
0: I have to have Axios Pro to read the whole article.
1: Yes. <laughs> But maybe we can email Aaron and get a copy.
0: Maybe. Well, in other funding news, of course, coming off of JP Morgan, there was a lot of funding news last week. But one of my favorite maternal health businesses for women of color, health in her hue. Uh, the CEO is Ashley Wisdom, and they raised three million. I think the funding was led by C Ventures, a few others in there. Josh Johnson and Johnson Impact Ventures and Stanford Impact Fund. And they are not only a woman founded business, but they're based in New York. So lots of lots of good things in why I love them. And
1: we'll have to invite them to the next Health Impact in New York. So if you're watching this, Health in Your Hue, you're officially invited.
0: Ashley, yes. Yes. I think think we've reached out. I think we need to make that uh, connection and make sure she comes in May, June. Yes, because
1: I need to meet her and ask more about this. Like I looked up the platform. It looks like they build communities based on some of what they do is Mm -hmm. building communities based on experience. So I don't know if anyone's ever gone to the doctor and heard something dismissive or heard something that wasn't relevant to them. But the whole... Idea here is that it's based on what's culturally relevant to you and with people in your community. Mm-hmm. So I love that.
0: Yeah, no. And they have, I think it's a, a few multi phased services, and that there's like a provider directory and educational content, even for clinicians, in addition to the health literacy and education for patients as well, and all surrounding maternal health, which we know is an incredibly important area for a focus for both equity and access. So it's good to see them getting some cash and look forward to connecting with them soon.
1: Love that. It's the connection of Facebook without the weird stuff you find in some of those groups. And that's increasingly important for women of color and for all women to make sure that they have great outcomes. Watch out for each other. All right. Are you ready for what's next? I am. Health and Human Services has appointed a new chief competition officer and it's the first person who's been appointed to this position mm-hmm. and it's that person's today. name so just very today fun. and she'll i don't, she'll, do I don't know, know her i haven't met stacy i did randomly add her on linkedin without knowing her after they reading the article that. you what i never do that I do that sometimes. Like when I'm like tired, I'm like, this person seems cool. I'm going to add them on LinkedIn. And then I'm like, what if they don't add me back? Like it feels, it feels feels weird. Like if they don't add me back, I'm like, I just wanted to tell you, you're awesome. I love the work that you're doing.
0: Um, She she got her master's in social work from university of Michigan. So she's happy because they're going to the next bowl round, aren't they? They're doing well in football. That's good. Uh huh.
1: Also she. She has a long history in improving public health for the aging population. With this position, I think it's an interesting position because I'm not quite sure exactly what they're doing. But some of the vision, according to the fact sheet and according to the article, is that they want to increase competition that includes reducing drug pricing and creating training programs, creating policy to improve healthcare competition and data sharing.
0: Right. And it's interesting because of course that's usually the purview of the FTC. And so it sounds like the the position will be a bit of a liaison between HHS and FTC and perhaps the DOJ to to work on anti-competitive behaviors. And of course that's coming out of what December 13th, we had the ONC final role on information blocking, which I think has some impacts around competition and data sharing. So it seems like this role, while not part of ONC, but part of HHS should have some work to do there.
1: Yeah, I think we've seen a lot of that. She's going to coordinate with the FTC and with other departments and we've seen the FTC be more open and engaging than in the past, in the last little while, I've noticed. They've came to speak at conferences. Mm-hmm. They're talking more than I feel mm-hmm. like they used to. And and they're putting it out there. I feel like in healthcare, we're also seeing some pushback against the FTC from big companies. We're not going to name any names, but Intermountain is switching to this EHR. They've come out strong and been like, you guys need to stop Like with some of these regulations especially regulations about like artificial intelligence tracking and different algorithms being a device like we have these big companies that are trying to improve healthcare through artificial intelligence and the FDA trying to protect patients like so so this push and pull is going to be something that I think is at the center of this work and we also have that same push and pull between The interests of private equity and the interests of PBMs, pharmacy benefit managers, and the interests of patients. So I'm really looking forward to what she does.
0: Absolutely. And of course, when it comes to prescription drug costs, there's a lot of work to be done in that space and a lot of areas where it could make a meaningful difference for patients in terms of ensuring that the marketplace around that remains competitive. And then that brings us to our next one, which was our friend who we got to spend some time with at DMC, Dr. Gita Neher, Dr. G, got to interview Mark Cuban and Glenn Toman at CES, which is pretty cool. Those are two two big names in healthcare, or just even two big names. But I think that's also, if you think about why the FTC might start, might be paying a little bit more attention to healthcare is we've got these big names and folks from these organizations working. And so Mark's efforts, obviously in the pharma, he's got a whole pharmacy thing he's working mm-hmm. on. They did talk mostly about IP and a- well AI, and then the impact of what that means for the IP and healthcare. So a lot of protecting that intellectual property and what that means. So
1: Right. And I think as some background with Mark Cuban, I think it's helpful also to see this context where people are saying, let's produce drugs at a lower price. And there are a few people who have done this. There's a spin out from Intermountain Health. And I think some of it was from that momentum that happened during the pandemic, when we realized that some of our supply chain for producing drugs was really at risk. Like we were only super dependent on one location, super dependent on specific types of shipping. And when that shut down, I think a lot of big players looked at it and said, Mark Cuban suddenly noticed. Mm-hmm. And also it's always been a, a place where there's this opportunity for growth, but there's also huge margins, huge amounts of money being, being made in this space. Right. and i liked what you said too about ai
0: yeah well i mean i think with it's an, the whole pbm market and kind of trying to shake up that it's always been this sort of third party piece of healthcare that a lot of people don't even understand or know about from a patient perspective and the more middlemen you have the more people touching all of this the more money that gets spent so i mean Props to Mark Cuban for trying to fix, to come into healthcare and fix that problem. And it does seem, I think that Cost Plus now, I think will they're partnered with a few. And then we're hearing also about the Amazon pharmacy and what they're doing. And there's a lot of effort in that place. And of course the data that they get there tells them about where the big pain points are in healthcare. So that sort of the idea that like the data is the oil, but if we have, if we don't have the IP in place to protect the data, the economy sort of collapses. Right. So there's a lot there, but mostly the good part was that Dr. G got on that big stage. Right, That's a pretty cool thing for one of our, our good friends. So yes,
1: she got to have that. That's great news. I really liked this quote from the article. It says, There are two types of companies in the world those who are great at AI, and everyone else. And either you know how to use it to your advantage or you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So,
0: right. Which I feel like 20 years ago, 15 years ago, you replaced that with the internet, right? And it's like, now right? it's just become that's the tool that we're going to be using, whether you're in healthcare or any other field for that matter.
1: Right. And there are huge opportunities to make things more personal, to make things cheaper. And it's nice to see these conversations happening so openly, like at CES and at large events. Right.
0: I like, I forget if it was Mark who said it, uh, if it was, they said there's going to be hundreds of models. So it's like right now, we're looking at one, two, three models, but that they're really going to end up being is going to have their own model, or I'm sure they already do. And, and it's about all of the models and the individual models, because not everybody's going to want to share their models. And again, that's what that's where the data and who owns the data comes in, right?
1: Right. And that's so, something we get to talk about.
0: Yeah. Okay. Very the next
1: the next piece of good news.
0: You didn't believe me that I thought it was good news, but I say well it's. in that it's good news.
1: It's good news
0: <laughs> so, it wasn't necessarily news about a good thing but it's good that it got coverage so it's yes. good
1: and this is something that's impacted me personally and it's something speaking of big conferences right. tara banow from stat news went to jp morgan and she wrote a great article about her experience And the overall takeaway was that it was a nightmare, like a living nightmare. She has a child, a 10-month-old, and she got to pump. Well, she wanted to pump at the event. And she she did her homework. So she had reached out beforehand, asked how to accommodate that, asked for specific directions, then got to the event. And things were not quite what they seem. Right. And
0: so 7-Eleven, which was supposed to be for pumping, was locked. Every it time was
1: not the thing. easy in and out that 7-Eleven, right. that we know and love. And if
0: you've ever been to the West End, the whole place sort of feels like the Shining the second you go upstairs. So, <laughs> so whether or not 7-Eleven was really the best choice or the best room, when she did get, it, get to it, which at least it was there, at least they had it designated, but our locked room does not really help anyone. And um, unfortunately, they they kind of pushed that off on the hotel facilities team and and what have you. But in the end, the reason why I think it's good news is one, she called attention to it. But in, in addition, she also reached out to HIMSS and Health and the VIVE team to see what they were doing. And in that, she reported that HIMSS that will have seven rooms, that VIVE is in the process of getting their rooms, it's but I know- seven
1: rooms? I know. Those You've got to be, so as background, <laughs> so there, like I brought a child, like a tiny human. I brought my two-month-old to Hims, and I brought, he was able to come with me to many conferences and there was one room, I think I have a picture of it still, with just like 20 women in this tiny room pumping. And not only that, like since I had the baby with me, babies couldn't go onto the floor at HIMSS. So I had arranged like in, in one of the vendor booths, they had space, but we couldn't do that. Like So from that one room, and they told me in advance, like this this is just how it is. And I was like, that's going to be a nightmare. And it was a nightmare. So seven rooms is much better, I will say, the response that we got was frustrating, and then we went. I went to health that year too, and he's how old is he now? He's five now. Five now. My baby is so, five, right? So it was five years ago. Yes. So this is pre-pandemic, like so. Mm-hmm. And health um had a rule when I got there, which the facility told me they said you can't bring your baby anywhere. And I think he was six months old. And then I tweeted about it. And they found a room and they let him come into every room. And as like a breastfeeding mom and just like reading this story about pumping, I was just like, good, we need to talk about this. Like I felt the rage again. But I was actually really impressed with the way they handled it when I tweeted about it. And they like came and found me and they found a space. I was lucky because Erin Wojcicki was there and she had her three-month-old too so like they needed a room I was like maybe it's just because this other lady has a baby but at the same time like it felt like moms have more power by being able to openly say that openly say like look I want to breastfeed and this is my fourth baby so I'm more comfortable with that but imagine like a new mom who's the first child just learning how to pump and you need to go back to work. 34 states in the U.S. don't have maternity leave. Like women have to work. So I can't imagine the stress involved there.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. And to think that you have a room, but then not have a room is really frustrating. And then, I mean, JP Morgan being a finance, centric banker centric event they've been called to task number of times about not having women on the podium and not having female speakers she does talk about that i mean in that they're trying they're doing better but it is it's not their fault so much as the state of the industry and that there's not very many female CEOs. In fact, I think she quotes only 15% of CEOs across 300 health systems, insurers and government programs. So, but those CEOs do have babies and they do need (laughs) them as well as the, the attendees and certainly the media coverage and everything else. So, but the good news is, We've got some events that, that will be taking care of it. And I think that it was just good for her props to her for all attention to it. It's good for
1: all moms to increase that conversation, to just say, here are the people who are good. Here are the people who are bad. Ask them why they're good. Ask them why they're bad. Moms have this power, especially as we see this showing up in the press. Moms really have a power to, to change that, to say, look, There's a reason that only 15% of CEOs are women. It's because we haven't created the space to make that a possibility. And this is part of it. Like plan for the things that you want. And this is part of it. And I personally have my good and bad list. So if anyone wants to talk about their burn list, we're happy for you to comment on that. Tag all the best companies. Tag all the worst companies.
0: or they can nominate them for the Sharp Index Awards. Yes, is-
1: not the bad ones, only not the, the good bad ones. ones. Not the bad ones. Yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, well, that, I mean, uh, you know, in, we'll hear today, even in our conversation with Lygia from Ada Rose about sort of the culture and what's required and how things are changing to accommodate and make space for people's from a ho- holistic perspective. And this is obviously, it's something that, It is amazing how long it has been overlooked. And as a conference organizer, I'll admit it, I didn't think about it before as much. And I was a conference organizer that was having babies. (laughs) Yeah. I went to my first conference with my eight-week-old and I've gone to many conferences with them. And having those types of accommodations, I wasn't even putting them in place five years ago. So it is high time and it is good that it was, that it is being done, at least by those who are more, at least a bit more health forward. So,
1: right. And speaking of that, so one of the conferences I went to that was a huge difference for me was Health Catalyst invited me to their healthcare analytics summit and their chief technology officer, Dave, Dale Sanders at the time held my baby and he loves babies. And <laughs> Health Catalyst is also a sponsor of our awards this year. The Sharp Index one Wants to recognize the good news all over healthcare for mental health and also make it a little bit more popular to fight hard to make healthcare the healthiest place to work.
0: Indeed. So then we have the nominations for that. We'll share in a link, maybe if that, do you want to share? Yes. Yes. So we, so let's
1: share the nominations. So share. nominations are open right now. We also have a few more spots for judges. We have a lot of judges, people who have done a great work in healthcare, um, patients, physicians. We want to talk about the Sharp Indexer Awards. They're an annual recognition of people who are doing great work in healthcare, mental health, and anyone who has dealt with mental health, whether that be a personal issue in their family, within their healthcare organization, within leadership, knows that some of this work is it's hard work and it's ongoing work and it's not always appreciated. You still have that stigma where people are ashamed of it, where people don't want to acknowledge it, where people are hiding and that really carries through to the people who are changing this world. So, mm-hmm. we created the awards to say let's celebrate that. Let's give recognition to people who who have done this. And a lot of the people who have won Like last year, Carol Bernstein won. And she was shocked that people knew. And this is someone who's been the president of the American Psychiatric Association. She just didn't, not everyone who does this work feels seen. So I'm glad that we can be part of that. Like looking at all the people in healthcare and they don't have to be physicians. Like we have a physician leader, but we also have things like technology that makes a difference. People outside, programs, because... We cannot fix this alone. It has to happen within the healthcare community. And there are so many good people and so many technology companies that really believe that they have something to share and that they have something to contribute. And suicide, burnout, mental health, these are things that are impacting everyone right now. So I hope everyone applies. I hope you nominate the best people in your life. And I hope you you share that, share the people who are doing great things. Indeed. And we're going to, when do you nom- like you're indeed? You're like, indeed. When do they have to be in? So in- nominations will be open until the end of February. Right. And that's for things that happened in 2023. Right.
0: So these are the 2023 sharp index awards that will be announced at the winners will be announced at health impact 2024, like we did last year. And the nominations are open now through February. Yes.
1: And we want to share that online, like this is in-person and virtual, like this is all about the impact these people are having. And that's why I really love partnering with Health Impact for that, because it aligns so much with the mission that like people in healthcare that are making an impact should come together and be part of this event. So that's our final good thing. Like, you're making an impact, and we want to share it.
0: Right. And that's like our extra good thing because I think we covered five already.
1: So it's like, oh, did we? So we got a bonus. Five and three quarters. Which for us is pretty good because sometimes I'm like, my good thing is that my kids finally ever went to school. Like a little golem. I'm like, if that were a if, thing, if that were a thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs>
0: But yes, I think we had some good, five good things. I'd like to see more as we always do, but you know, those were good. And thank you everybody for joining us today. And I think this will wrap
1: our health impact. And share like this, share your good thing, tag us with your good things. And we'd love to feature you.
0: Indeed. Is that my closing? Indeed.
1: Indeed. I feel like this is like, we need a shirt that says Megan and says, indeed. Indeed, impact. Thank you for being Uh, part of Health Impact Virtual. Thank you for being part of Five Good Things.
0: Yes. Thank you, Janae. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for this week's Health Impact's Digital Health Talk. Don't miss another podcast. Subscribe at digitalhealthtalks.com. And to join us at our next face-to-face event, visit healthimpactlive.com.